You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, Listen, I want to begin this episode by reading a very, very, very special review. And I can see that this review uh, was actually the first review that I received uh, with uh, uh, Church Talk with Isaac on Apple uh, on Apple Podcasting, and this one is from my 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 ace, my day one, my wife Brittany Watson, and she said, "So excited to hear more." Isaac is full of wisdom and revelation. He's called to put an end to ignorance in the body of Christ. Let's go. Listen, baby. Listen, baby. Listen, baby. All right, now, don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I thank you, babe, for your for your words, for your encouragement. Even even behind the scenes, she's always pushing me, always encouraging me, and uh, and I and I really appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, uh, behind every good man is a strong woman. So I just thank God for the woman uh, that I have, the woman that uh, uh, that God allowed me. Um, to be with and uh, she makes me better she uh, she strengthens me she encourages me and uh, and and uh, she plays a big part in 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 the in the plan of God for my life so I just thank God uh, for you I thank God for your words Um, I want to move on before I get stuck there and I might have to end this podcast (laughs) no but let me let me go ahead and move on I want to I want to get on to my topic for today and uh and this is one that uh in this moment can hit home uh with the black community with the african-american community um many of you all know i mean the entire nation was shaken up once again uh by uh by injustice by um the death the murder of ahmaud arbery and uh, i know many of you have heard about this and uh, this topic is this topic is actually one that uh, that someone sent me, one of our listeners sent, and wanted to hear about. And uh, I want you all to listen because we're going to talk about uh, the death penalty. We're going to talk about capital punishment uh, and the church, capital punishment and Christianity. Uh, is it wrong for Christians uh, to believe in or support the death penalty? And I'm just going to read somewhat of what uh, the, the, uh, the, the listener wrote uh, me and asked, and then we'll move on from there. All right. They said, uh, is it wrong for Christians to support the death penalty? The recent Ahmad Arbery case brought up this conversation. The mother wants the death penalty and my friend isn't mad about it. If this topic is too political to address... Just give me your thoughts. So they just wanted me to just speak to them, possibly, if I didn't want to talk about this over the podcast. But this is Church Talk with Isaac. There are no topics that are off limits. We're going to we're going to talk about all kinds of things because people need clarity. People need to hear different perspectives on even topics as political as this. Uh, It says if this topic is too political to address, just give me your thoughts. The Bible says thy shall. Thou shalt not kill. But it also says if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It also says to oblige to to oblige by the rules of the land. 
So if the death penalty is legal, then and they they shrug their shoulders. So I believe that um, this is a good topic to cover because it's important that we look at uh, what the Bible says is. And uh, I want to give you all my perspective. And uh, as I always give you all a precursor, you know that sometimes some of my 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 logic, uh, some of my reasonings uh, are contrary or are controversial, rather are controversial to uh, to mainstream uh, uh, Christian thought, Christian leaders. But I do try to make sure that everything that I present can be backed up by the word, can be backed up um um by uh, uh by what um uh, the scriptures say uh so we're gonna we're gonna just dive right into this all right um one of the things that the viewer said is what the bible says and they said that the bible says thou shalt not kill and of course you all know that that's one of the ten commandments given to moses um but it also says if you live by the sword you die by the sword and this is something that comes up uh, later on down the line with Moses. Uh, and um, what some people may not know is that there were more than 10 commandments. And I know we talk about the 10 commandments on the two tablets of stone. But uh, if you look through the history of, of Judaism, through the history of the law of Moses, you'll see that there were a lot more than 10 commandments. There were about 613 commandments that was given to Moses and Israel was expected to keep all of them. If they broke one of them, they violated the entire law. So they were given 613 commandments to follow about all kinds of things, about home life, about property, about business, about uh, about uh, about slaves, about uh, women, about clothing, about rituals. I mean, about government, uh, 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 about uh, infidelity, about murder, uh, you know, all kinds of things throughout uh, that those 613 commands. And uh, what I want to talk about today is the law that we should follow, the law that we should follow. Now, of course, as our uh, our listener said, uh, the law says Moses said thou shalt not kill. But in, in, in the same law, it says that if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It says an eye for an eye. And the law as given to Moses on Mount Sinai, uh, it actually did ordain execution for several offenses. Uh, it ordained execution for murder. Uh, if you if you, if you murder someone and I'm not talking about just killing someone accidentally, but if you if you murdered someone, uh, um, you were uh, you were ordered to execution. If you uh, if if you if if you strike uh, or curse your parent, you can actually be executed for that. If uh, kidnappings, adultery, incest, uh, bestiality, so uh, sodomy, rape. Uh, a rape uh, and, and even rape of virgins, uh, witchcraft. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, breaking the Sabbath. You can be you can be murdered or executed for working on the Sabbath, which is which which was I mean, you know, that that's something they actually tried to accuse Jesus of. He was he healed on a Sabbath and they tried to find a cause to kill him because of that. So breaking the Sabbath, blasphemy, sacrificing the false gods, oppressing the weak. 
and other transgressions. All of these things were things that you can actually be executed for under the law. You can look at Exodus 21, Exodus 22, Exodus 35. I'm just giving you some references. Leviticus 20 and Leviticus 24 and Deuteronomy chapters 21 through 24. And you'll find uh, mostly everything and more um, that I just said as reasons under the law of Moses to execute uh, someone uh, uh, or uh, in the case that we will look at today, uh, a reason for the death penalty, because this was under Jewish law. But it was but but uh, Israel was a theocracy. They were ruled by God uh, initially before they had instituted kings. So so this law was also their government. This law was their government. So uh, it was it was the thing that they abided under aside from religion. If you did this by law, um, you could be you could be executed because of it. So uh, one of the things that we have to understand is that the law of Moses, uh, it does speak of lawful execution. But this is the thing. This is what I want you all to hear. This is my heart. This is what I believe. And just stick with me. Just because it's in the Bible does not mean that it's relevant for today. And I'm going I'm to say that again because some of you all, uh, I want to give you an understanding. All right. Just because it's written in the Bible, it does not mean that it's relevant for today. Now, you may be listening. You may be saying, what do you mean by that, Isaac? Are you saying that the Bible is irrelevant? And my answer to that is. Some of it. Yeah, I said it. Some of it. There are certain parts, quite honestly, there are certain parts of the Bible that are outdated. There are certain parts of the Bible that does not apply to us today. Now, some of you may not have ever heard this before, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to back up what I'm saying with Scripture. I'm going to back it up and then we're going to move deeper into it. There are certain parts that are outdated now. Some of y'all may be listening. You may be saying, well, I thought the Bible was God breathed. I thought everything in the Bible was inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this, that it is everything that's in the scripture. Everything that's written was God breathed. Everything that's written was inspired uh, by God, where men were inspired to document God's journey with Israel. Um, but that does not mean, even though they, uh, although it may have been inspired, although it may have been God breathed, it does not mean that all of it is still relevant for us today. All right. Hebrews chapter eight. I'm going to read verses six through nine. It says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. It's speaking of Jesus. It says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. This is what the Bible says. He is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. If the first covenant was faultless. There would be no place to be sought after for a second because finding fault with them. He says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, 
when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. It's talking about the covenant of Moses because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Let's jump down to verse 12. Let's read verses 12 through 13. Again, this is Hebrews chapter eight. It says, for I will uh, for it says for for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more in that. He says a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Listen to the language, y'all, of the writer, the writer of Hebrews. Some believe it's Paul. The writer of Hebrews is saying he just pretty much said that there are certain parts of 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 the Bible. Because, again, remember, remember, um, the old covenant is within the Bible. It's contained within the Torah, uh, which is the old covenant. And he's pretty much saying that that there are certain parts of the Bible that have become obsolete. He says he's made the first he, he said uh, in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. He is calling the old covenant obsolete. Now, this is for for people who may um, this is for people who may rely uh, on the old covenant. Uh, for for uh, for their doctrine. Now, listen, I'm not talking about Jews. I'm only speaking on behalf of believers, behalf of Christians. Those who believe Jesus is the Christ, is the Messiah, is the Savior of the world. He is saying that there that the old covenant has become obsolete and he and God created a new covenant. And what is and what has become obsolete is now ready to vanish away. So what I'm saying is this, you all as Christians, the Bible is an amazing tool. Hear me. The Bible is an amazing tool, but the Bible is not our model for righteousness because the Bible contains more than one covenant. And as new covenant believers, we live our lives according to the covenant that was established by Christ. Hear me as Christians. Let me say it again. The Bible is an amazing tool, but it's not our model for righteousness. Jesus is our model for righteousness. Say it with me. Jesus is our model for righteousness. Jesus is the uh, Hebrews also says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. So what does that mean? That means this. If you want to know what God is like, if you want to know what God looks like, if you want to know how God feels, if you want to know how God thinks, you don't look at the law of Moses. You don't look at what was written back then. You look at Jesus. Jesus is the visible picture, the visible expression, the visible image of the invisible God. Isaac, what are you saying? I'm saying this, y'all. The old covenant has become obsolete. Now, we can learn from it. We can all scriptures given uh, for certain things. And one of those things is that we can learn from it. We can draw revelation from it. We can learn principles from it. We can learn history from it, but it's not our model. Jesus Christ is our model. Jesus Christ is our model. Jesus, check this out, y'all. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus's covenant is better than Moses's covenant. Jesus's way 
is better than Moses's way. So what do we what do we what do we say about about capital punishment? Well, my, my question is this. I cannot I can't take away from anyone who have experienced injustice. I can't take away uh, from a mod's um, a mother or anyone else. Um, you know, uh, you try to I, I can't even imagine the type of pain um, that you experience uh, when your child or a loved one is wrongfully killed, wrongfully murdered. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine a type of anger. I can't imagine uh, what's going through uh, the, uh, uh, the the heads of these uh, individuals who experience this type of injustice, especially black families, black people, because, you know, it's it's different uh, black families and black murders by the hands of white men is different than uh, um, than black is even different than black on black crime It's different than white on white crime. And what's different about it is that much of it is systemic. Much of it is systematic. And I don't talk much about this, um, but I, I, I do believe that much of uh, um, uh, the injustice that we see here in America is systematic, which which is what makes it uh, such a heinous thing to see throughout history. Uh, 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 as far as the as as far as the injustice that takes place um, um, by the bloodshed of black men, black women uh, through the hands of white men and white women. So uh, but I will say this. I will say that as a believer, we have to look at Jesus's model as it relates to it, because because uh, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that that way that you feel is right. As a believer, I'm talking about Christians. I can't speak for people who don't believe in Jesus, who don't live their life according to the principles of Christ, who don't live their life according to the law of, of Christ Jesus, the law of love. I can't I can't speak to anybody else except for these people. All right. How did Jesus deal with it? They wanted to stone. You all know the story of the adulterous woman and they dragged her out. And they were ready to stone her after catching her in bed with somebody that was not her husband. And Jesus stood and he said, hey, he without sin cast the first stone. And he began to write in the sand. And one by one, they began to walk away because their consciousness was convicted. Because every one of them have sinned. And what Jesus was showing, I want you all to hear me. What Jesus was showing, what Jesus was demonstrating is the power of mercy. Jesus was demonstrating that mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We do not have the right. We don't have the right um, to take anyone's life. Jesus laid down his life in order to become the ultimate sacrifice for sin. So although I do believe in justice, I do believe that um, uh, that that when things are unlawfully done, that when murders take place and rape takes place, there should be justice. But as a believer, I don't believe Jesus. I don't believe me. My personal belief. I don't believe that Jesus would endorse capital punishment. I believe that Jesus uh, um, because this is the thing. His will is that none shall perish, but that all will come to repentance. That's his will. So even the most wicked people, people who commit the most heinous crimes, 
His will is that none shall perish, but that all shall come to repentance. We cannot take our cue from the government. We cannot take our cue of what's socially acceptable. We cannot take our cue from what's uh, what's acceptable uh, within society or what is even made legal. This is why, because one of the things um, that um, the individual who, who, who sent this request to me said is that, hey, it's 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 legal within America. So if it's legal, then how are we to look at it? And the fact of the matter is that just because something is legal in America, just because the death penalty is legal, it does not mean that it represents the heart of Christ. There are a lot of things that are legal that are unlawful. There are a lot of things that are being legalized that are unlawful. We don't take our cue from the from the legalities uh, of our government. We take our cues from the heart of Christ. We as believers, we take our cue from the heart of God. Now, I know some of y'all are saying that's easier said than done. I know that. I know it's easier said than done. All right. But what I'm saying is that we have to learn to conform and reform our theology to match the heart of God, even if it hurts. Even if it don't make sense to us, we have to learn how to convert, uh, to be transformed in the renewing of our minds, not take our cue from what people are saying, what people believe, but take our cue from the heart of God. That's just what I believe. Now, we're talking about capital punishment. We're talking about the death penalty, but that can that can relate to any area of our walk, any area of where we feel uh, slighted, any area uh, where we may need to work on our perspective of how the world goes around. And we need to live our lives just not from a biblical worldview, but live our lives from a Christo, a Christocentric worldview, a, a, a worldview that's shaped by the mind of Christ. Who can know the mind of God? His ways are unsearchable. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are greater than our ways. But then Paul concludes with this. He said, but thanks. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. We have to live our worldview. We have to see the world through the lens and the mind of Christ, having a Christocentric worldview. So listen, I, I, I hope this is something that <laughs> something that got your mind uh, uh, going a little bit, got your wheels turning a little bit. Hey, don't hey, don't forget. Subscribe. Leave a review. Rate this because your ratings, your reviews uh, on Apple, it helps to make this podcast more known so that more listeners can hear it. And I appreciate you all for sharing and uh, and uh, and uh, letting other people hear this. So, listen, I hope this uh, helped you. I hope this blessed you. I hope this challenged you. Uh, I would love to hear your feedback. Send it to me. IsaacWatsonMinistries.com. Send me a comment. Send me your thoughts. Even on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. Send me your thoughts. I want to hear it. I want to know what you think. All right. Listen, I love y'all. Thanks for rocking with me. Uh, and y'all have a great day. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.